Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Hey, and welcome to the next episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thanks a lot for tuning in, and we're going to jump in today, and we are talking to somebody across the pond. My guest today is Tom Hunt, and he has a business where he connects entrepreneurs with virtual assistants in order to give them valuable time back so they can continue to grow their business. So I wanted to talk to him about how he ended up with a business like this because his career started off, he he studied chemistry, he went on to work for Ernst & Young and Accenture, and now he's doing online businesses and he's got this, this platform where he's connecting people so they can be more productive. And that's really what it's all about. We need to be more productive. So Tom Hunt, welcome to Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Hello, Tom. You have a fantastic voice for <laughs> podcasting over here. That was amazing. <laughs> well, maybe I missed my calling. Maybe I should have been the next uh, Casey Kasem <laughs> or, or uh, Wolfman Jack. So, Although the younger people are going, who is Casey Kasem and Wolfman yeah. Jack? So I was going to say, who are those people? Yeah, well, they're uh, famous American DJs from uh, probably, the, probably even from before my time, probably from the 70s. Okay. So, Tom, tell everybody a little bit about your business. I kind of did a quick intro, but that never does justice to anybody. Yeah, so I I think I'm going to have to tell a story. It all started with a, yeah, as you mentioned, I studied chemistry. I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but I knew that I didn't want to be in a lab. So I followed sort of my peer group and jumped into like city working in London for Ernst & Young. And about a year into this, me and my flatmate and best friend decided to start a company selling male leggings. And so here's quite a good story, actually. Wait, let me back so up we... a step. Whoa, 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 whoa. Male <laughs> leggings? Okay. Like, like leggings for yeah, dudes? So, yeah, like leggings for men. And we, we can link to the site like it's a real business. And, you know, like we, we've had it for three years now. But we, we, we wanted to start it because we actually went to a Halloween party. And we were wearing tights because that was like the fancy dress. And we decided that we looked good in the tights and, and we felt really good in the tights. So on the bus on the way home, we were like, we should sell these. And then one week later, we were in a trendy market in East London with some female leggings that we actually purchased from eBay and then drew on our logo, which made them male. <laughs> and then we're trying to sell them on this market stall. And we had eight hours in the cold and can you guess how many we sold? Zero. <laughs> you got it right. Yes, exactly. So we sold zero pairs, but uh, we still sort of moved forward with it and started up an e-commerce site and sold 150 units in the first year. And now we're into year four and we plan to, or we're on target to sell 1,500 units. Anyway, this ties in with your question about my, my current business um, because there were actually three of us running the leggings business. We were all working full-time in London. So for a lot of the admin customer service stuff, we gave to someone that I knew in the Philippines where I'd actually been to the Philippines a few years before, um, who was like our, you could say, virtual assistant. Um, and this worked amazing because it allowed me and my two like best friends to just focus on the stuff we really liked within the business, the marketing and designing leggings. So 
as I was moving into my third year in the corporate world, not really uh, connecting, let's say, or resonating with the work that I was doing, I still enjoyed myself, but not never really sort of, I guess, really enjoyed what I was doing. I, I was looking for to build a business or to add value to other people in London so I could leave the corporate world and do my own thing. And it also happened that I'd been working on outsourcing projects in Austin Young and Accenture. So I started a what I like to call an outsource service company where I would connect startups in London with other people in the Philippines that sort of became my outsourced team. And then I would be the middleman. I would work with a startup explaining how they could systemize and outsource and project manage their outsourcer. And then I would connect them with the person in my team in the Philippines. And so this was a business that enabled me to leave Accenture um, and things were going fine. This was about a year and a half ago. I left Accenture. I was working full time on that business. Um, but there was a problem. Can you guess what the problem is, Tom? You needed more money. Uh, I guess. I guess yes. That, that, that wasn't the like the primary problem. Um, the, the real problem. Yeah. No. I guess you're actually right. The problem was scalability. I was spending so much time working with these individual clients. When we scaled up to six, I I, I had the money to leave. I had the money to live, but uh, I couldn't scale the business anymore. I couldn't work on our own system. I was working on other people's systems. So this brings us to the business that I'm focusing on today, which is a marketplace that automates a lot of the stuff that I was doing. Um, so we obviously charge less, so we have less of a margin on top of the salary of the virtual assistants, but the system we have built now is far more scalable. Sure. So did you, did you grow up around entrepreneurs? What sort of led you into to wanting to leave the, the big world of Accenture? Very good question. Uh, no. So my, my mother and father, like awesome. My mom's a nurse. My father is, he, he's always worked in the corporate world. My, my big brother still working and doing really well, but I, I was never brought around, brought up around entrepreneurs. I think I've always had the, like a rebellious side. I've always wanted to move away from the crowd and do something different, which is why I think I didn't really enjoy the corporate world where you do have to, I guess, conform. And so when I started, it, it, the real trigger was this business, like actually going and doing something and adding value to people's lives and directly seeing the result of that. Like that, when I, that first happened, when we sold our first few pairs of leggings, I was like, wow, that was like a rush. And I got hooked on that. And ever since then, I've been reading, learning, studying entrepreneurship, um, which I guess has led us to where we are today. So, you know, it's really interesting because I didn't grow up around entrepreneurs either. And I actually did a really good job in the corporate world of conforming. I mean, I had a 20 plus year career, working, <laughs> you know, for different nice. large, large companies, small companies uh, in several different industries. And I was very successful. But there was something in the background for me that was just always kind of like pinging me saying, go do your own thing, mm -hmm. go do your own thing. And, you know, once, once I did it, you know, going back has never been, you know, something that's really been a priority mm -hmm. for me. So, you know, I do understand that once you get that little bug and once you have a little bit of that success, that, that entrepreneurialness really becomes, you know, kind of, kind of the path that you're probably going to be on for the rest of your life. Yeah, I think so. Was there like a trigger for you <laughs> that you actually decided, oh, I need to leave now or was it just this underlying unrest no, for me, there was a trigger. I got laid off during the height of the recession. It was April 1st, 2009, so we're very quickly coming up on seven 
uh, seven, eight, seven years, I guess. Uh, Mm -hmm. It was 2009 and there were no jobs. And I'd been laid off a few times before because the economy in Austin, Texas has gone up and down with the tech community uh, over the 25 years Mm -hmm. that I had lived here. And basically what happened was I got laid off and decided, screw it, I'm going to go do my own thing. And I had already been speaking. I'd already written a couple books and I figured nice. I figured I could make a go of it. I mean, there were people I had met enough people who made a living doing what I'm now doing that I knew it was mm-hmm. re- that I knew it was a real thing. Okay. So now that you've been doing this for a little little while, what do you absolutely love? I mean, when you go to you know when you go to dinner with your brother and your parents, and you know they they have corporate lives. What do you uh, mm-hmm. What do you love about the life you've created? I think I think when I first left there was it it was definitely the freedom so in the past year since i've left the corporate world i've worked from probably 12 different countries through europe and south america and currently in poland in europe so i guess that freedom has been really good so the freedom of location it's the freedom of time although so you get you, you have a lot more choice but i think especially in the early stages of business you do really have to put in a lot of hours. So I say freedom of time, but uh, I guess I haven't really had that much time to explore the other areas of life, though I expect that to change in the future. Um, so freedom of location, freedom of time. Also, yeah, I think I probably not the right term for it, but freedom of connection, like being able to connect with other people that I think are doing much more interesting things than the people I would have been able to connect with with if I stayed in the corporate world, like you, for example, Tom, like I don't think I would have been able to connect with a speaker from Austin, Texas, if I was still working in Accenture at the moment. Well, and that is one of the advantages to doing your own thing is you, you can reach out to anybody who you want. And, and that's sort of what happened here is you reached mm-hmm. out and, and the timing was perfect. I needed a guest for the show and I looked you up online. You were doing some very interesting things. But, you know, you said that ever since you started the business a year ago, you've just been working from a lot of different countries. So a lot of people dream about being able to do that, right? Being able to just have a portable business so they can go, you know, to the beach when they want. They can go to Portugal mm-hmm. if they want. So how is that working? It's for the first, yeah, so it, it was May last year that I went to Norway and then from May till August traveled through Europe working. Now, that I think there's a problem with traveling and working. Like when you travel or when I travel, you there are a lot of other items that take up your mental space. Now, if you are trying to solve these really hard problems, that must be solved if you are to build a business that really creates value. I believe you need almost 100% of your mental ability to do so. So when you're traveling, you don't have that. So ever since that time in Europe where I guess I, I did work, but I wasn't really solving problems or creating value, I've stayed in one place for like a month at a time and then just traveled to the next place while I haven't really been working. So yes, it's good, but I don't think like if you really want to create something, I think it's very hard to travel and do that at the same time. So I would recommend going to a place that you find interesting, working and experiencing that place by actually living there. And then if you do want to spend time traveling, then 
don't work because you're probably not going to get much done anyway. <laughs> well, and that's sort of my nemesis is I travel a lot by nature of what I do for a living. So I'm on airplanes all the time mm. and I'm going to different cities, yeah. mainly, mainly in the United States, but I'm traveling around and giving speeches and sometimes I'm the master of ceremonies. So I'm there for three or four days and I don't have to work mm -hmm. like on stage all day, but I find I get nothing else done. You know, you'd think, yeah. oh, well, you've got four hour block where you don't have to do anything. Go to your hotel and you know, write a blog post or record a, a podcast or get something done. And unless I'm under the gun of a deadline, I tend to not get a lot mm -hmm. done unless I'm right here in Austin. <laughs> so you just sort of check your email and then go on Twitter and then... Well, or you just like... Check it's like, your blog comments. Yeah, or it's like, oh, I'm in Chicago. I could go walk along the river and, you know, I could go have a slice of pizza. And I'm in Chicago. I probably should call my friend who lives in Chicago and go meet him for a beer. And that usually leads to like five beers. And then, you know, that's just one thing after the other. It doesn't necessarily, uh, for me personally, when I'm traveling, doesn't allow me to get a lot of work done. Now, I have this like secret fantasy yeah. that I'm going to tell the whole world here. And that is that my wife and I go <laughs> lease an apartment in like downtown San okay. Francisco or downtown San Diego or downtown New York. And we would move in for like three months and pretend for three mm -hmm. months that's that home. So I would still travel out to go give speeches. But when I come back, I could have mm -hmm. a Starbucks down the street. I could go, you know, this and that. And I think, oh, yeah, I would buy, if I did that, I would work because I'd be there for three months. It would be like being in Austin. But then my wife points out mm -hmm. that, or I could just go, you know, to the village every day, or I could go to, you know, the financial district, or, you know, I'd always find a reason somewhere to go and play. Mm. Yeah. That's a fair point. Now, for me, yeah, I think for me at the moment, I have, I'm in this amazing Polish city, right, that we were like a two-minute walk from this beautiful main square. There's amazing restaurants, amazing nightlife. But when you talk about, when you just mentioned play, like I think at the moment, I'm kind of having more fun, like sat here on my laptop all day than I would if I went out. Now, I'm not sure if that's just because I'm sort of addicted to the the feedback I get from the work like the money or the twitter followers or the emails um but it's for me in the moment definitely maybe this is like the stage of my life but play is almost like sitting on my laptop well and that is true do i think you, if you're, you resonate with that yeah i think if you're going to be an entrepreneur people ask me what my hobbies are and i say my business is my hobby i mean i really like what i do <laughs> i have i have a great time building this business and being able to serve you know i'm a very fortunate guy i get to serve some really interesting clients i think I think in 2015, I gave 59 different presentations. And so, you know, that's, to wow. me, I'm very fortunate. I'm, I'm in different cities. I'm, I'm with different size groups. You know, one day I'm with 12 engineers teaching them presentation skills. And the next day I'm the master of ceremonies of a conference that has 3,000 people and then everything in between. So, you know, for yeah. me, I definitely, you know, I definitely feel that my work is play. But at the same time, I just think that if I'm in a city, I just I just want to go soak up the whole culture of that city. So are you in Poland by yourself? Do you have a significant other or a business partner or are you just alone exploring? I don't know. So I have a very good friend um, who also runs a similar, I guess, location independent business. And we live in this apartment. And well, yeah, we spend most of the day working, but we have like evenings where we go out and do stuff and we make some friends here. Oh. So, yeah, like there is a social side. I do have a social life. Don't worry, Tom. <laughs> so is there anything you don't like about the life you've created? Are there any days when you think, wait a minute, Accenture would look really good today? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Like 
there's it's almost like a constant doubt and i think a lot of uh, i've heard entrepreneurs talk about this as well like you when let, let's say you have a day where someone doesn't pay you on time or one of your staff leaves and you're like in your head like oh no i like a salary now would be so so attractive but then you like when that happens, you just go and take a walk or you go for a run and then you come back and you're like reset. You're like, wow, I wouldn't actually change this for anything. Um, have you ever had that before? Like, I'm going to give this up. I want to go back. Yeah. I mean, I think I've had a couple of those days, but for the most part, you know, my business has grown quarter over quarter, year over year. So I've never had sort of a day where I've thought, oh, where, where I've thought, ah, you know, what am I doing? But you know, I mean, there are times, yeah. especially when, you know, I have, I have a family of four to support and you look at what healthcare mm-hmm. in the United States has become, which is just a big mess and what it costs and how they promise you one thing and don't do another. You think, wow, a big company healthcare plan would certainly make this a lot easier. Yes. And, and, and that's how they, uh, yeah, well, like that's, I think if you value sort of maybe excitement and contribution, I want to say more than security then you 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 might be more likely to take our route but if if you're the person who is really attracted to that security and that the regular paycheck then you might take the, the different route i think it's, it's definitely not right or wrong it's just things are, are better for different people well and you bring up an interesting point the, a, a lot of people can't handle sort of creating their own entrepreneurial path because there isn't security i mean you have to get really quick over that hurdle that you say goodbye to security when you become a solopreneur Mm-hmm. So, hey, I've got more questions for you, Tom. But first, I've got to thank yeah. the sponsor of this episode. This episode is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. Podfly sets you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance to ensure that you sound amazing. Podfly does all the heavy lifting and the technical work so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and talking to really cool people like Tom Hunt. Hey, if you want to start a podcast, <laughs> jump on over to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer they have for the listeners to this show. So Tom, how important do you think it is if you're going to start your own business to really have sort of a network of contacts that are there to support you? Because this can be a lonely type world. So how important is networking and, and friends if you're going to do this? That's a great question. And I'm trying to think about what I had when I actually left the corporate world. Like comparing what I did have to what I have now, 1.5 years later, to actually leaving the corporate world, like I, it seems like I had nothing when I left. But I, I've since experienced that it is of massive importance. If you have a number of people who are on a similar journey to you at a similar place that you meet meet with and discuss your problems let's say on a on a regular basis this like has a massive effect so i'm currently living here with my friend alex who again we're on a similar journey a similar sort of distance through that journey as well and it's an amazing help to speak with him every day on the small issues i have because it's it's almost like two minds solving that one problem it's gonna you're much more likely to find a viable solution. So, yeah, having people at a similar level is of massive importance. And there's loads of websites you can go to find people that are like the best one for me is probably been meetup.com. 
but then the other relationship that i think is really important as well is the sort of mentor mentorship relationship where you are interacting with someone who has already done what you're trying to do now i'm not an expert at like gathering mentors as i i've only really just found one that i think is going to work really well and that's been after like three years of trying uh so i wouldn't come to me for advice on how to do that but i think that is really important as well so yeah those two relationships can have a massive a profound effect on your let's say success well you bring up something really important when you talk about mentors because mentors can take lots of different shapes i mean sometimes they think oh you're a young man you need to go find an old man who has gone down that path (laughs) but in reality just about anybody out there you know sometimes when you least least expect it they can be a mentor because it really just has to be somebody who has a point of view and maybe a little bit of experience that you know is different from yours that they can share with you and somebody who has your best interest at heart. So how did you go about identifying this mentor who you think is, is a positive? So I, I guess I was, I, I don't actively search. I don't go onto Twitter and search for person who built and sold an online marketplace. Just as I go through my day and I see links of people that are creating content and they're doing stuff. If I review someone online and I, it's mainly online, as I'm working remotely and I see and I check their history and I see that they've sort of achieved things I want to achieve, I'll just reach out to them. So the example now that I have of this one mentor was a guy, he's actually called petersage.com. Like he's a great speaker, probably like you as well, Tom. Um, And he's been through everything, like sold companies for millions, like been bankrupt. And so I just saw his profile, like consumed a a lot of his content and then just sent him an email basically saying, uh, I think I can help you with your online marketing and I will take you for lunch. And he just responded through his assistant saying, yes, awesome. Uh, I'll, we can have lunch when I'm next in London. So we then went for lunch and it actually turned out he was looking for someone to help with the online marketing. So I've sort of just taken that on as a small side project where I spend like a little bit of time per week sort of advising his team and now I have this relationship with a guy who's done everything a lot of the things that I want to do and I get to speak to him uh, every week and some of that time is just talking about stuff like what I'm doing and stuff that he's doing so yeah it's not like a black and white he's now a mentor it's like someone that you interact with regularly where you talk about stuff well you bring up so a that's, really that's you, how bring up, I did it. you bring up a great piece of advice for people out there. And that is, if you want to get on someone's radar, sometimes maybe it's what can you do for that person? I'm always blown away with how many people want to pick my brain or pick someone else's brain. And they don't ever think of what can I do for them? And it's something as easy as can you help promote their business? Can you do you have a skill when it comes to online marketing that you could offer to them? Or can you just go and tweet about them? I mean, if there's somebody who you admire out there and you wish you were on their radar screen, why not just talk about them on Twitter, talk about them on Facebook? You know, if you're saying great things about somebody, they're going to notice who you are. And, and if you want to get to them and you want to, you know, maybe pick their brain for some piece of business or, or have them as a mentor, one of the things you have to do is think, how can I provide value to them first? Because if someone provides value to me, I had someone the other day refer me for a speaking gig that, that led to a new client. And, you know, she mm-hmm. then said, I have a favor to ask. I'm like, well, whatever you want. You know, you just got me a paid <laughs> gig. Yes, I will go to coffee with you. You know, duh. <laughs> 
Yeah, like that's a massive, <laughs> massive point. Like today, for example, when I, I, I sent you an email, I think I followed you on Twitter and tweeted you, or at least I think I did. And like maybe even before I sent an email, I could have like retweeted something that you said, right? And then I'm, I'm on your map. Like you're more likely to read my email and more likely to respond. Like so that's a massive point. Like always anybody that you want something from, always give them something first without, respect, without expecting anything in return. And you'll be surprised at the results. Right. And if you don't expect anything in return, then if you get something huge, that's, you know, that's even better. So, Tom, what yeah. advice do you have for somebody who wants to leave the rat race of corporate America or, you know, in your case, corporate Europe and jumping mm-hmm. into doing their own thing? What advice do you have for somebody who wants to take that path? My number one piece of advice is to control your time or become very, very aware of where you're spending your time. Because the only way that you're going to be able to generate enough value that will be repaid to you in the form of dollars will be the ability to create that value. And so if you're going to build a business that's going to create that amount of value that's going to give you the money to live, you need to develop skills. So you need to, like right now, like today, work out where you're spending your time, where you could potentially substitute that for learning. Learning about how to create value, but also how to communicate that value. So like the product is the first thing I mentioned there. And then the ability to to communicate the value of the product is, is marketing. So if let's say you want to start a business that helps people with social media, you need to one, learn about how to be good with social media, but also two, how to communicate the fact that you are good at social media to businesses. So to summarize, work out like where you're spending your time that maybe not may not be that productive. For example, watching TV or like on the tube or in the car on the way to work and try and substitute in learning to build on those two skills. So the actual skill of the product and the skill of the marketing of that product product, because you have to start now if you like want to leave. Like if it's very foolish to just leave and say I'm starting a business because you, you might have people where well, you have yourself to support and you might have other people to support. So that's my piece of advice. So Tom, I call the show Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. So tell us the coolest thing about your company. What's going on? I think the coolest thing about my company, and I've actually, okay, so we have, basically, we tried to, like I, I mentioned about the, the joy I got from outsourcing the tasks that I don't want to do uh, to virtual assistants when we had the leggings company. What we've done with this platform, Virtual Valley, is enabled entrepreneurs to come onto the platform and experience what I used to experience for example, like, and that is hiring an awesome virtual assistant within five minutes and seven clicks. So Tom, we, if we wanted to, we could time this now. I'd give you our website and you could go on and you could hire someone who would be awesome, who would handle your, let's say, social media profiles. Um, and you could do that within five minutes and seven clicks. So that is what I think is the coolest thing that we're doing at Virtual Valley. Um, I'm, I'm quickly scanning my brain for something cool that I have done, like from being an entrepreneur in the past year and a half, but it's not coming to me. So I think we'll just have to, we'll stick with that. Five <laughs> minutes and seven clicks. 
Well, Tom, I think that in you know, addition to wanting to build great companies, I think the best entrepreneurs are observers. So I love to ask the people who come on the show, who is it out there that you think, wow, that is a cool entrepreneur. They're doing good stuff. I'm probably going to go with someone that I guess a lot of other people on this podcast have said. And it has to be Elon Musk. I mean, anybody who could potentially solve two or even three of the world's like biggest problems at the moment at once is has got to be someone who's doing something right. Yeah, no, so he's... it would it would be Elon Musk. He's cool. I mean, we'll go. We'll we'll definitely <laughs> go with that. Well, in addition to being great observers, I think that entrepreneurs want to do more than just make money. They want to leave their mark. So I love to ask people who come on this show, what is it that you do to help the greater good? So I've actually, here's not a good answer because I've stopped doing this, but for the year where my final year living in London before I sort of left to be, to be location independent, I mentored a what was called a vulnerable young adult so he was just a 16 year old guy who hadn't had a great upbringing like lived in a a rough area of london and we would meet on a weekly basis to just like there was no there wasn't a formal agenda for our meetings it was just to meet and like do cool things around london and i felt like massive massive good feelings by doing this and we I, i i met with him like weekly for I think it was six to eight weeks and I'm not sure like the positive effect that I had but I definitely saw a difference in him from moving through those eight weeks and that's something that I'm definitely going to continue when I move back to London like later this year um yeah that was amazing no and I think that that's good I think you know there's a lot of people out there who just need a little bit of guidance and you know the right mentor or the right you know person who comes along can show them something that maybe they never saw and maybe he goes out and starts a business that solves the big world's problems. So I think that's great. Mm-hmm. Hey, it was a pleasure having you on the show. So if somebody is listening and they think, I, I got to know more about this Tom Hunt guy from London who's living in Poland, who mm-hmm. you know is all over the globe, how do they find you? How would someone track you down? Uh, I think you'd go to tomhunt.io. And I, have, I, I send an email every Wednesday with the thing I've learned about marketing that week. And so you can just sign up and I'll, every Wednesday you'll get an email from me with the thing that I learned. Um, and also on Twitter, forward slash Tom Hunt. I, uh, if you just tweet me, like I'm more than happy to give any advice or give my input on anything that you might have. So you send out an email every week of what you learned that week about marketing. So what, yeah. d- what did you learn this week or last week? What's something you've learned? Yeah, I'm, uh, say, I, I'm going to get up my archive because I cannot remember, but I've, I've got it here. Um, so I think last week was about, uh, it's just loading. So last week was, God, it's so embarrassing. Last week was, ah, so actually last week wasn't strictly about marketing. Last week was about getting a mentor. So I told the story and actually shared the email that I sent that mentor that we spoke about earlier in the show. Uh, so other people could go away and, uh, try and get their own mentors. But I'm just scrolling through the list. We talked about social traffic secrets a couple of weeks ago. 
Um, I thought about getting social shares on blog posts uh, three weeks ago. So yeah, if, if stuff like that, like small things I've learned and I'll just share everything, like the template or the tweet that I used um, so people could like use it straight away and it, it might help them out. So I think this is an awesome idea. I want to pause here and make sure that everybody who's listening is actually paying attention to what Tom does. Tom actually learns something every week and has created a mailing list where he shares what he learned. Now, two things in my part come out of that. One is you've got to be paying attention all week to what it is that you learned. <laughs> I, I used to write a blog post every week. I, don't, I do it occasionally now, but I used to do it every week called Cool Things My Friends Do. It was sort of the precursor to this podcast. It was a written blog post, uh, and it was Cool Things My Friends Do. And that became cool things entrepreneurs do when I went into the podcasting world. But that email, because I did it, because I did that blog post every single week, I had to be tuned in all week long to what's something cool that somebody I know is doing. And it caused me to pay more attention to what my friends were doing. And in a way, that was great on so many different levels. I think the same thing is true for you in the fact that you have to pay attention to what cool marketing thing have I encountered this week, and therefore it makes you more in tune with finding new things to learn. So if you're out there and you're thinking, mm -hmm. oh, I'm not very entrepreneurial, maybe you should start a weekly tweet or a weekly email about what's the entrepreneurial thing you learned this week. I think everybody wins if you do that. Yeah, so you're helping yourself, <laughs> you're also helping others, right? Absolutely. Well, Tom, I'm really glad that you reached out. You were a great guest for the show. You fall right into the mantra of cool things entrepreneurs do because you are certainly doing cool things as you are out starting this company and trying to grow this platform and, and do big things. So thank you very much for joining us here on the show. Tom, it's been an absolute pleasure. I really enjoyed your questions and your fantastic uh, podcasting voice. Well, thank you very much. It's always good to have someone named Tom on the show, although he does spell it T-O-M. I don't know what the heck he did with the H. I, I assume that you're Thomas. I, I am Thomas, and I've actually always, well, ever since I listened to Radiohead when I was like 16 years old. <laughs> you thought I, Tom I York was cool. Yeah, well, I don't know. You yeah, know, everybody, cool. everybody's Thomas, T-H-O-M-A-S. When they shorten it to Tom, I don't know why they take the H out. I, I just got rid of the ass. <laughs> maybe, I should, maybe I should change. I'm on Twitter now. I might change my name. That, that's right. That's right. Thom Hunt. Well, you already have an H because you got it in your last name. So anyway, again, thank you so yeah, much true. for being on the show. And to everybody who listened, thank you for joining us on this little journey. I thought we were calling London and we were calling Poland. So I think this might be the first interview ever from Poland. So that was pretty good. Uh, tune in in a couple of days. Yes. We are going to be back with another interview with somebody cool. But in the meantime, I want you to go out there and have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at, at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.